This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Academy Show podcast on the Blood Red channel. If you don't know by now, on this podcast, we take a look at what's going on with Liverpool's under-18s and under-23s teams. And to help me do that once more, I'm joined by writer, broadcaster, regular over at Kirby and a regular on our post-game podcast. It's Matt Addison. Matt, how are you, mate? Really good, thank you, mate, yeah. Great to have you in. Uh, And just starting, really, there's been a bit of breaking news this morning, Monday, 30th September. You'll be listening to this on Tuesday, October the 1st. Uh, And it it impacts on the academy because Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool are about to make a key addition to their coaching staff. We've been reporting it on our website today and and you've been writing about it too, Matt, if you can just fill us in a little bit. Yeah, it's a really interesting appointment. Uh, Vitor Matos has come in from from FC Porto, or certainly we think is about to come in. Um, And he's essentially going to do the same sort of job that that Pep Linders did before he got promoted to being Jurgen Klopp's assistant. So we expect him to to come in and and help bridge that gap between the under-23s and the first team in terms of the young players coming through and it's a really important role, isn't it, really, when you think of the number of players that Liverpool expect to, to graduate from the academy in Kirby up to Melwood, or obviously the, the two of them will, will be on the same site next summer. But yeah, even so, you know, to, to have somebody in that sort of role, I think for the young players coming through to know that Jurgen Klopp's employing somebody specifically to do that role and to help them progress into the first team, it just goes to show that there is a real progression plan at Liverpool at the moment. Yeah, it does feel timely as well, given what happened at MK Dons last week. You know, there's clearly there's a crop of players who we'll talk about, no doubt, in a moment, who are, are probably a bit of a step above the academy in terms of their ability to still play for the academy size, under-18s, under-23s, but maybe are not ready to play for the first team week in and week out. It, it feels like, as you were saying there, Peplin, there's something called them the talent group, then they, uh, it, it feels like this is, it's almost like a separate group, just that kind of step up from the academy with one eye on the on the first team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you've got a group of elite players that are coming through the system, you, you need to be able to make the most of those for obvious reasons. You know, you want them, as many of them, to, to step up to the first team as possible and to have somebody coaching them and, and working with them specifically because obviously their needs are slightly different to the more senior professionals and, and the, the lads who have been around Melwood and know how that is. So yeah, for, for him to come in and, and work with those players, it can only be a good thing, can't it? Let's talk about a few of them. Harvey Elliott, uh, Queveen Kelleher, Kelleher, I should say, Curtis Jones and, and one of the goal scorers against MK Dons, Kiana However, you watched that match, reported on the match. How impressed were you by their performance against MK Dons? Because let's not forget, they are a, a League One team with senior footballers with hundreds of uh, appearances you know, to their name. But they, this crop of young players really didn't look out of place at all, did they? Absolutely not. No, I thought all of them were, were absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's only two or three years ago, isn't it, that MK Dons beat Manchester United 4-0 yeah. or, or whatever yeah. it was. And you know, for, for Liverpool to be able to field... I think the perfect blend of experience and youth and, you know, for, for them to get through, obviously we know there was a little bit of a complication with Pedro Kiravella coming on and I'm sure we'll touch on that in a second. But yeah, in terms of the, the performances of those players, I mean, they all looked far older than what they actually are. I think that's the biggest compliment you can give them. I thought that was probably the best that I've seen of Harvey Elliott. You know, if you've got additional runners and you've got Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain around you and, and you know, better players surrounding you, then of course you're going to look a better player. And I thought that was the first time that probably I'd got really excited about him. And obviously Hoover got his goal. I thought that was great. I 
compared that goal to, to Virgil van Dijk on the, uh, yeah, the post bullet, podcast. Yeah, absolute bullet. Absolutely brilliant, dominant, absolutely you know, full of confidence, clearly. Um, I think he'll be a, a centre-back long-term, but absolutely not out of place at all at right-back. And, and Curtis Jones as well got man of the match from Jamie Carragher, I think, on Sky Sports. And again, did not look out of place. And even though somebody like him feels as though he's been around forever, he is still only 18. Very true. We'll come on to Curtis in a minute because we've, we've talked a lot about the other players in, in past podcasts, but I just want to focus on him. But yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, Liverpool face either a final, potentially even being kicked out of the Carabao Cup uh, for feeling that ineligible, allegedly feeling an eligible player. It was an exclusive broke by our former Liverpool FC correspondent, James Pearce. So hat tip to him for that. Uh, we will find out what happens in due course, but it'd be a big shame, wouldn't it? But given the fact that they've won the game already to get through to the next round and given the fact that the performance and given the fact that it's Arsenal next you know what a great stage that would be for people like Elliot people like Hoiver and Jones and Anfield you know it'd be a real shame if if they were to miss out on that game but I will qualify by saying that at the moment it it does look like being a fine rather than being a disqualification Yeah absolutely I mean it's massively important I think for those young players that it is a fine and it's not a disqualification because you look at it and there's so many important fixtures coming up for Liverpool and you'd have to think that if, and it's probably not likely, but if Liverpool weren't to have that Arsenal game, then when is the next opportunity for these players to play for the first team? It's it's probably, what, the first, second weekend of January, whenever the, the first FA Cup round is for, for the Premier League team. So it's it's massively important for them and you'd, you'd have to hope that the likes of Elliot and, and Hoover and Curtis Jones all play in that next round. You'd imagine that they will Obviously, some people will say, you know, it's it's Arsenal and you've got to go and win. But I think the young players, the way they performed against MK Dons, they've earned that. You know, Liverpool are only in that competition now because of the way that they've performed. And absolutely, you'd, you'd put them in again, wouldn't you? Elliot was probably the name on most people's lips after the game, given the fact he was 16 and given he just didn't look out of place at all. But I actually agreed with, with Jamie Carragher. I thought Curtis Jones was, was outstanding on the night. And, and you're right, he's been around for ages now. He's been on a couple of tours in the summer. He's only 18, but you look at him and he, he looks like he's growing into his shape, isn't he? He's a tall, dominant player. He's got great skill as well. Do you think maybe January or certainly the summer alone move maybe in the offing for him? Quite possibly, yeah. I mean, for now, I think he'll, he'll stay put. He's obviously the captain at, at under-23 level and he's doing really, really well. But yeah, I think at some point he will have to go out and, and prove himself. What level that will be, I'm not too sure. I mean, you look at sort of previous players and Harry Wilson went out, obviously, to the to the championship first of all. And you'd imagine that that's probably where he'll go. Maybe a club like Derby would, would suit him. Um, but yeah, I mean... For now, just he's just got to keep performing and keep showing Jurgen Klopp what he can do. And whenever he gets an opportunity, be it Arsenal, be it whenever else, just keep doing what he's doing. And you know, he's not there because he's a scouser and because he's a Liverpool fan. He's there because he absolutely deserves to be there. And he shows his attitude is absolutely spot on. You know, after winning man the match against MK Dons, he was back playing for the under-23s. Ironically enough, against Arsenal at the weekend, scored twice. You know, you can't ask for more than that, can you? From uh, from Jurgen Klopp or Neil Critchley's perspective, he's not gone big time on him at all. There, he's he's got back down to basics and, and played very well again, by all accounts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, another two goals. Goals is something that is obviously massively important for for somebody in his position and. It's not always something that he's managed to, to, to get on the score sheet regularly, but to see him get those two goals, absolutely brilliant for him. Obviously, Liverpool didn't end up winning that game. They ended up squandering that 2-0 lead. But 
just you know in terms of individuals and in terms of their development it it just goes to show how well Curtis is doing at the moment that he can go to a, a team like Arsenal who Hector Bellerin was playing yeah. you know th- they had some big players playing in that in that uh, in that fixture so just goes to show yeah he's performing at a real real high level at the moment you mentioned that the uh, under 23s threw away a, a two goal lead at Arsenal on Saturday and it, it's just it's the kind of way it's going for Neil Critchley's team at the moment isn't it I think since we did this the last Academy Show podcast which is a month ago in the league I think they've just drawn three and lost one there's been a lot of goals in, involved and if you look at the table it's, it's not looking too pretty second from bottom albeit there's been a lot of draws in there as opposed to, to losses Is it, was there a bit more of an expectation on this team this season given the fact they've got some great players or are the mitigating circumstances for the position they currently find themselves in? There was definitely a lot more um, expectation of course, obviously a number of those players were involved when Liverpool won the FA Youth Cup last season um, but as you say, there are there always are going to be mitigating factors and you know if you watch the team week in, week out there has been little lapses in concentration, there's been goals that have been given away that really shouldn't be given away, there was, there was one last week, I think it was against Leicester that Pedro Kiravella just didn't, didn't look properly, didn't you know t- take all the necessary precautions, played a loose pass and it ends up being a, a goal conceded. So it is frustrating for Neil Critchley to, uh, to see those mistakes happening week in, week out. But, you know, these players haven't been together that long. There's a number of players who've come in fairly recently. Sepp Vandenberg, for instance, he's done really quite well on the ball. He still has a long way, to, of course, to, to develop and positionally he's not been... 100% perfect so far but there is progression and I think the longer the players play together the more they will get used to you know being with each other and defensively how they play and of course it doesn't help that there's always for Neil Critchley a, a question over his selection yeah you know, it's very last minute as it's well very it, last can minute. Be, yeah. it can be you know two three hours before kickoff the first team will say you know you can't play Rian Brewster for instance because Divock Origi's got injured and we need him to sit on the bench for us you know, it, it can't be easy for Neil Critchley to to work with that and manage that. But certainly, you know, I have I have heard a few people suggest that perhaps Neil Critchley isn't doing the best job in the world. But you know, realistically, Liverpool are more than happy with him, and Alex Inglethorpe's more than happy with him, and. I do think the results will come as the season progresses. I think you made a really good point uh, earlier in our conversation was the fact that when some of those under twenty three players, or you can call them under eighteens in the in the in the respects of people like Harvey Elliott, step up to the first team, they don't look out of place playing alongside better players. But that comes from good coaching, doesn't it? Yeah, okay. I imagine if you went and played alongside James Milner, you went and played alongside Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, Dayan Lover and Joe Gomez, you you're gonna look good because let's face it, they are world class top Premier League players. But they must have been coached well by Neil Critchley and the people in the Academy that when they step up there they don't look overawed. Yeah, I mean, those players who've been at Liverpool for a number of years have obviously been coached in a certain way and it's no coincidence that Liverpool regularly produce top young players. You know, Trent Alexander-Arnold's the one that we always pick out, but there's been a number of others as well. Um, And Liverpool's recruitment as well. You look at the first team level, you look at the academy level, they've barely got one wrong over the last few years. And there's obviously a reason that Harvey Elliott's come in. There's a reason that he played for Fulham when he was 15 and didn't look out of place. Um, so yeah, judging him on a couple of games here and there for an under 23s team, which is struggling collectively, but individually, there's there's absolutely no problems. It's it's harsh, isn't it? Really, but 
I suppose that's modern football and, and that's what these players have, have got to get used to if they're going to play for Liverpool long term. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, let's try and be positive. You know, it, it's not going great in the league at the moment, but in the middle of that run of games I mentioned a moment ago, there was a 1-1 draw at League One Fleetwood, Joey Barton's Fleetwood Town in the uh, EFL trophy, to give it, I think it's uh, official title, or is it the leasing.com trophy now? It changes, yeah. doesn't it? But it's uh, it's the EFL trophy, and any listeners who've, who've not uh, heard too much about it, it basically allows Premier League academies to, to take part in it, and Liverpool are doing that for the first time, I believe, this yeah, season. Yeah, they, they decided to join in for the first First time this season, I know they had conversations with I think Tottenham and with Chelsea to see, you know, what their experiences were of it, and yeah, they decided it was it was worth a go. Yeah, and that Fleetwood game, one-one against a, a good side in League One, as I said uh, a moment ago. But what was more impressive about it? It was one of the youngest sides, am I right to say, that Neil Critchley has, has ever selected, given it was played on the same night as the MK Dons, and as we said, Callagher. Hoiver, Brewster, Elliot and, and, and Jones were all playing in that match. Yeah, so um, a number of 16-year-olds were playing, which is absolutely <sighs> <Wow>. remarkable <laughs> against a men's team and, and not just any men's team, a men's team coached by Joey Barton. Yeah, who, a blue. <laughs> yeah, a blue. And probably, yeah, was cer- certainly up. known for, for a few tasty tackles. I'm sure he's passed that on to his players as well. And, you know, it, it, it was a massive test for Billy Cometio, who's, who's 16. He's, he's not been in England that long. He, he's played in France before and... Tom Hill as well started the season fantastically for the under-18s. He played, played really well. Um, a, a really inexperienced side, but at the same time, what an experience for those players. For them to have come through 1-1, um, obviously went to a penalty shootout as well. Liverpool ended up losing the penalty shootout, but they still get a point for the group yeah, stage. it's a bit bizarre, they isn't miss it? Out, <laughs> yeah. Miss out on a, on a bonus point for a penalty shootout. Um, but yeah, just overall, I mean... I don't understand, first of all, why it was on the same uh, the same day and the same time as the MK Dons match. But at the same time, great for those players who, who got that chance. Yeah, you rightly said there, a number of the players that night were 16, 17, players who played for the under-18s, Barry Lutz's team. And I'd just like to, to focus on them now, if that's OK. Yeah, they, they continued their fine run of form uh, with a 3-2 victory at Swansea City in the Premier League Cup, under-18s Premier League Cup on Saturday. Sound was a bit of a late, late show again. Yeah, absolutely. They were 2-0 down at one stage. Um, as usual with Barry Lutz's sides, entertaining, plenty of goals, <laughs> yeah. plenty of excitement. Um, but yeah, I think it was 2-0 at half-time and, and they ended up coming back and winning 3-2. Owen Beck got one of the goals and, and Fidel O'Rourke got two. He got the first one and the third one. A header right in stoppage time, right at the end. Dramatic as usual. Um, but yeah, it's it's obviously a, a fantastic result for them to, to have come back and shown that resilience and and so we've got the the points in the end. Fidel, just to, to touch on him specifically, I mean, he, he had to be really patient last season up against Bobby Duncan and, and Paul Glatzel for a place. And he's, you know, reaping the rewards of that at the moment. He seems to be full of confidence, scoring goals, um, captain in the team as well. So he's he's been given that responsibility full time. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going really well. And obviously it reflects well on the captain that, even though they were 2-0 down, he managed to keep those players going and, and they turned it round in the end. Yeah, O'Rourke and Leighton Stewart, who you picked out, a uh, bit of praise, bit of a spotlight in our last podcast together. They've, you know, they've scored goals this season, haven't they? You know, they had big shoes to fill with Duncan Glatzel, but they've they've taken on the, the mantle. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a huge responsibility and a huge task, obviously, to uh, to take on that and, and score the goals, but 
so far so good. I mean, Barry Lutis is absolutely delighted with, with the pair of them and for them to, to step up and be in the limelight, obviously myself and you have talked about those players last season. The, sh- the spotlight was shone on them for the FA Youth Cup run. They must have been looking at that half thinking, wow, I'm, I'm going to have to step up here and half thinking, well, what an opportunity, you know. We've seen, obviously, Bobby Duncan's been in the headlines for a variety of reasons yeah. over the, the last few weeks, but it just goes to show that, you know, he obviously went on Liverpool's first team tour over the summer. If you do impress and, and you have a, a really good season, why not, you know, progress to the 23s maybe by the end of the season? And who knows after that? For the record, it's probably worth just mentioning Bobby Duncan because we recorded our podcast uh, probably around a month ago now and then a couple of hours later his very public falling out with the club uh, came to light and uh, you know within a few days he'd got the move he'd wanted to, to Fiorentina. Uh, did it surprise you and disappoint you a little bit with how it was all played out? You know, Rightly or wrongly, he wanted to move on, get first-team football or potentially first-team football with Fiorentina, but it was just, he just left a bit of a sour taste in it, the way it was played out. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's the right phrase, really. I mean, on the one hand, you you can understand why he wants to to leave and and you know go and and try and play first team football. And a number of people have pointed out that so far he's only played for their under 19s. But you do have to admit that it is more likely for him to get first team football in the next 12, 18 months at Fiorentina than it would be at Liverpool. But yeah, just the way that his representatives and and he himself went about it. It, it wasn't great. It left a bit of a sour taste and all the more so given that it's Steven Gerrard's cousin. It, he's a local lad. He's a player that played for Manchester City before, but it was always his dream to play for Liverpool and he only lasted a year and he's obviously gone to Italy. But best of luck to him. I hope he does fantastically well over there and certainly everyone from a, a Liverpool perspective will be keeping an eye on how he does. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be a, a life lesson learned for him as well, the way it, it played out in the end. But yep, he's moved on. So have Liverpool, and uh, this week on Wednesday afternoon, Liverpool under 18s or under 19s, because they, they give an extra year for the age group in the UEFA Youth League, are back in action in that competition at St Helens at the totally wicked stadium to give it its full <laughs> title against Red Bull Salzburg. Another sponsorship there, not there. How did they get on the first match? Uh, the young Reds. They played Napoli, didn't they, in the first UEFA? for Youth League uh, game? Yeah, so uh, a really good point away from home in, in Napoli. Um, one all it was. A late, late in Stuart equaliser. Um, obviously, to, to go away from home and, and get a point in Italy was a really tough task, but it could prove to be a, a massive point come the end of the group stages. They are expected to win, obviously, against Red Bull Salzburg, but again, it's going to be a really tough game for them. Salzburg drew one all with Genk in their first match, so all completely level in the group so far. I'd expect Leighton Stewart, Jake Kane, Nico Williams, who I think he uh, was involved in the first game as well. They'll all be involved. Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott probably as well. Um, and Keanu Hoover will, as I mentioned before, long-term centre-back. He normally gets his chance to, to prove himself in that role as well. So plenty of interest. Um, and yeah, hopefully they can get a three points on the board. Yeah, it's 3pm on Wednesday in St. Helens. I think it's £3 for adults and £1 for juniors and concessions and you, you can pay on the day. So that's a, a cracking game to go to before the first team's game at Anfield later in the evening against uh, Red Bull Salzburg senior side. Uh, but it's also uh, a 
big weekend coming up for the uh, for the under 18s when it drops back down to the under 18s because there's another big match it's the mini mini derby on Saturday against Everton I believe yeah absolutely so the first mini derby of the of the uh, season Liverpool are ahead in the table but only by a point and Everton have played a game less so two really evenly matched sides Liverpool did the double last season they won 1-0 away and 4-3 at home Typically exciting <laughs> <Yeah>. again. Um, <laughs> so yeah, two really good sides. Both Merseyside clubs are, are absolutely fantastic at that level and, and at bringing players through. So it should be a really interesting game. Should be loads of goals, a bit of excitement. You wouldn't bet against the red card either. So <laughs> all eyes on that. And as you say, yeah, you can watch that game. Uh, I think it'll be on LFC TV Go um, or at Finch Farm if you are in the area just before Liverpool play Leicester. Yeah, massive game there as well. So that's the under-19s at St. Helens on Wednesday in the UEFA Youth League. And then then it goes to the under-18s Premier League at Everton at Finch Farm, uh, 11am on Saturday. But there's a third game coming up, isn't there? And it's the under-23s against Wigan Athletic in the Premier League Cup. Three o'clock kickoff at Kirby, I believe. Yep, so that's on Sunday. Uh, Sunday afternoon, the under-23s in the Premier League Cup against Wigan Athletic. Um, slightly bizarre competition the Premier League Cup it's identical to the Champions League except it's only English clubs (laughs) so a group stage as you would home and away Um, in Liverpool's group it's Liverpool, Wigan, Sunderland and Huddersfield Um, so Liverpool will play home and away against those sides and then hopefully progress into the, uh, the knockout stages so this is the first game of the group so a really good opportunity for the under 23s to to get a win under their belt get off to a good start in that competition and, and hopefully they can go all the way. Yeah, so a lot of games to get to or as you say, rightly, uh, watch it on LFC TV Go or follow it on the Echo on our blogs. Uh, busy time. And uh, yeah, we'll look back on those matches and much more else besides on our next Academy show. We left it a month last time, but we are going to do it uh, a bit more regularly from now on, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. But for now, Matt, thanks very much for joining us, mate. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.